Hi, thanks for listening to our podcast. This is Mike from Mike and Mike on Mike, aka Mammon. Uh, and this is just a quick apology about sound quality. So when we're editing this, we realised that the sound quality wasn't 100% great. So we have since gone out and brought some new microphones. So as of episode two, it does get a lot better. But we do apologise for the quality in this episode that you're about to listen to now. And like we said, we promise the sound does get better. Happy listening, and we hope that you carry on on this journey with us. Enjoy. Have we even called the name yet? Mammon. (laughs) Mike and Mike. Are we sticking with Mike and Mike? I love it. Like, at the end of the day, this is what got the idea for us to do this. So, Mammon. With my sort of Alan Partridge. (laughs) We can, like, cut to you suddenly just the voice recording. I'll put it in. Podcast idea number one. Mammon. Mike and Mike on Mike. <laughs> I'll do like weekly ones like that where I'll be like, new TV idea. Digging Mike, holes. Mike's, mu- Mike's musings. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, Should I try and so, come with those once a week? Yeah, I, I, I like that. I wish I was quick enough to think of some. <laughs> right. Going, no. I don't know how bad. to get started with this. Um, obviously... It'll be this classic thing being like, oh, we'll just edit all this out at the beginning. And chances are most of this will end up in the beginning intro. <laughs> well, I mean, let's start with what we are. We are Mammon, which is Mike and Mike on Mike, which is funny because we're both called Mike. Which actually brings me to my first thought. Do we... Mike's musings. Do you call me Mike? I do call you Michael? Mike. I call you Mike. I call you Mike. Is that yeah. going to be... Is that going to no. be frustrating? For what's weird is our other halves both call us Michael. Yeah. Like, what about, are our two fans going to get confused, though, in the future and be like, oh, I know. Mike, which Mike? I know, because they'll be referring to us as Michael, because it's going to be our other halves. <laughs> <laughs> our other halves aren't going to watch this. They'll watch the first one to be polite. <laughs> Lauren's claiming already that it's going to be the one bit of social media she's going to post of sharing this podcast on there. And I'm saying that with a baby on the way in a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's... Uh... That's a wife that loves you. That's a supportive... Yeah, that is the support that we want. Yeah. Someone will share the podcast over their newborn child. Is this a bad time as well to tell you that we're trying to start a podcast and I have absolutely no social media anymore? You know what? I knew that coming into this. Apparently it's going to be me. you have to carry the... Yeah. yeah. Um, I should probably get on that if we... Like I said, as long as we get... If we get one random follower, then that's it. That's the dream come true, I think. Yes, I agree. Right. So why don't you talk people through what it is then? Like, what, what are we going to do each week? The whole idea of this podcast is going to be we're going to be going through top fives. The top fives can be really random topics or, for today's one, quite broad. Um, so we're going to take you through our favourites of these particular subjects. There's going to be disagreements, there's probably going to be arguments, but these are our opinions, and if you disagree, that's unfortunate, isn't it? If you disagree, get out. Yeah. This is the wrong place. Just stop, stop, stop listening. <laughs> Please don't. We need two followers. Right, the first um, top five was actually thought of by other Mike. Mike. Um, do you want to introduce what the top five was? Yes, top five games. Um, I think the way that we decided to do this is we're starting from five, going to four, three, two, and then doing our honourable mention before number one. Which I've got quite a lot of. I've just got one for each one. No, I mean, what, well, one for each number? No, for each honourable mention for each category. <laughs> no, I've got four on this one. I've got a lot of detail on my honourable mention. Yeah, that's that's fair. Mine's just 
ones in which have got had an impact on me in my life. I feel, but they're not good enough to be included in this discussion. Mine are quite very. I'm actually really happy with mine. But like, I know you can't win a top five, but I feel like I feel like I'm winning. See, I feel already. like I want to say I've gone safe, but I haven't. These are all games I've absolutely loved. My honourable mentions, on the other hand, two of them are quite obscure things. But we'll get into that later. That doesn't need to be discussed right now. Should we start with number five? Number five. Right, do you want to go first with your number five? Uh, in hindsight, this is terrible for a podcast. I don't really have that much to say about it, I don't think. But... <laughs> okay. That's what I'm concerned about <laughs> for all mine, by the way. <laughs> um, number four, strong, though, for stuff to talk about. Five is Oblivion. Oblivion. Uh, Elder Scrolls Oblivion, yes. yeah. Never actually played. I started my um, Elder Scrolls journey with Skyrim. See, I don't know what it was. Like, Skyrim was better everything than Oblivion. You have to mean graphics, character models, voice acting, uh, quests. Everything about it was better. And yeah, I still preferred Oblivion. I don't know what it was. Like, I, was, I remember playing Skyrim, saying, I know this is better than Oblivion, but I don't like it as much. I don't know if it's the setting or... Is Oblivion the one where you start off on the jail to begin with? I feel like they all basically do that. I'm pretty yeah, sure that's very pretty true. Sure, yeah, but yeah, it is. You start off in a jail, and then you've got to escape through the sewers, and then you can... Yeah, and you get attacked by rats at the beginning. Yeah, they might not be called rats the in the arena, game. kill loads of people, get some money, and go on your way. So but I, I think I've remember... played the first, like, two minutes of it, and that's it. <laughs> I think for this, for me, it's, I'm a, as you know, I'm a massive fantasy nerd when it comes to books, and like one of the things I always love about a fantasy book is open up and looking for that, that map at the start. Oh, yeah. Um, and then as they mention things, I keep flicking back to the book and find you, like, tracing where it is. Um, there's a book I read at the minute called Kings of the Wild that's really good for that. And, um, yeah, I remember that with Oblivion, getting this fold-out map in the Xbox 360 game case and, again, like, plotting my journeys, like me and my friend sharing a controller and taking turns and we all start at the same place and then having to get to the other end with no sort of weapons or armour and see how far you can make it. Yeah. So I love this, like, planning a journey. I think it was just the first game where it... You know, that idea, that sandbox, which has become super cliché and... Almost Which I'll be honest, too I'm, much now. I am a fan of a good sandbox, but I agree they can be done quite badly. Yeah, and I think this was great for it. And like I say, in the setting being fancy was brilliant, and all the bugs made it even better. I think, like I think sometimes games are too polished. Are they? Well, yeah, it was cyberpunk. I guess <laughs> I was going to say I was literally about to bring cyberpunk into the mix. But no, but, but I mean, I remember GTA Three and Vice City and San Andreas, and like you could use the game's bugs that they hadn't thought through to cheat almost to make it interesting like I said about like putting a bomb on a, uh, the guy's car before yes. the start yes. and rather than go for the chase whereas now I feel like you sort of on even though it's called a sandbox like Red Dead 2 you're still on rails you've still got to go a certain path you've still got to follow a certain way to complete a mission so it's a sandbox but only with what the game wants you to do. So yes, there's stupid bugs in games nowadays because they're released too early, but it was the bugs that they couldn't plan for, I guess. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yes, no, I'd agree with that. I think Oblivion's a fair choice to be there. And again, it's one of those games I've heard is one of the top games, but to try and get hold of it these days, you have to go for an older console or something like that. Yeah. Um, So it's not really one that I've ended up playing. It was also one of the first ones I remember DLC being a thing. Oh, really? Yeah, I remember everyone losing their minds because horse armor was one, and people were like, "What a waste of money that is!" <laughs> but you don't buy it. If you're bothered, don't buy it. I never get yeah. that outrage about DLC sometimes. No, I get exactly what you mean with that one. No, I I think that's a strong first choice there. 
And I, f I think I've got a lot of time for just the lore that have been put into these Elder Scroll games. Like I said, I've never played any of them apart from Skyrim, but taking Skyrim, for instance, like all the books you can collect and read, and I'm sure that's a thing in Oblivion, and it's got all the history of how mm. the world... And I really appreciate the effort that has gone into these games. Oblivion's the fourth one, isn't it? I think so. I'm, I'm pretty sure the new one's six, isn't it? Which yeah. Skyrim would be five, and then Oblivion would be four, wouldn't it? And then yeah. Morrowind three, and then God knows on the first. Yeah, yeah no idea of those two. But yeah, all right, good choice. Right, let's see if your number five beats my number five. I know it's not competition, but I'm running it that way now. Well, if it's competition, then I feel like I'm going to say that I win. Because <laughs> I don't know who's judging this. But for my number five, it's Doom 3. So this was on the Xbox I used to play this version. And I've recently reacquired it on the Switch and absolutely loved it, apart from one feature watch I'll talk about in a bit. It was just a fantastic... 3d sort of horror atmospheric game really sort of put you into it so i don't know if you know much about it but you're sort of an engineer in mars in the future and on this space research station they're sort of looking into advanced weapon designs and teleportation and of course they accidentally open up a portal to hell so your character a nobody really ends up on this mission to try and stop all these demons from escaping and getting to earth but it's See, just I, I didn't know it actually had a storyline i just always yeah i've never played doom but i just always thought it was a bit like i don't know unreal tournament almost like it was just but single player you just i saw getting people with cool guns yeah the sort of like quake sort of thing and that sort yeah, of style yeah. um yeah i don't know too much about the first two we're probably going to get a lot of people nerd raging that we haven't got the information about that sort of thing but um doom 3 in the set in the future, they use a lot of PDAs. Um, that seems to be their method of telling the story. So there's a few cutscenes within the um, game. Your character physically doesn't speak. He's one of those silent type main, main characters. All the other characters around you talk. And you literally can collect hundreds of PDAs and read through everyone's emails and stuff. Some of them completely pointless and redundant, mean absolutely nothing. But some of them giving slight hints into the game's storyline. And that's where the story is told. So the, the optional lore, almost, the things you pick up on the exactly. side. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So you can choose to read, and I think there's audio clips as well. Um, what was great about this game, though, is it was truly terrifying. So back in 2004, when it was released, they hadn't worked out how to, um, or as I might be wrong in saying they didn't know how to, but in the game, they didn't put, they didn't enable you, sorry, to um, have a torch and a gun at the same time. So choice. you could either have the gun out in pitch black, or you could have the torch, but then you can't shoot the enemies at you. So it made it truly scary. And obviously the torch, if you did have it, it'd have that classic thing where it'd run out after a while. It was truly terrifying and genuine jump scares. But recently they redeveloped it. And I was doing a bit of research on this one. There was a mod that people did after it was released. And um, it's where people actually put it so they could have the gun and the torch at the same time. And right. this became so popular, it got Im implemented into the, um, not remake, Actual but... Game. Well, yeah, into the sort of re-release that they did on the Switch and That's quite other cool, consoles. isn't it? The modern community has such an impact. Yeah, I agree. Did it take something away from the game for you? But, guys? yes, it took everything away from the game for me. That was no the thing game. that I found great about the game, the actual fear of it. And there was no option to take that away. You either had it or you didn't. So that's I my only why, negative why about this. I would do that, though, in terms of money, because I literally, like, will not play horror games. That's fair. Like, I remember playing Condemned, and I remember having this 
in a building site, I was going through chasing someone or something or escaping from the police. Mm. Um, and things used to jump out at you all the time. So I remember you could open and close doors and there was this narrow hallway and I closed the door behind me. I aimed forward and there was a closed door that I was like, nothing can surprise me because I'll hear it behind me or I'll see it in front of me. Yeah. And then it's bloody nuts to just run through <laughs> this bloody drywall and absolutely spit <laughs> me. And I was like, I remember going, going nope, that's it, I'm done now. Just walking out, <laughs> walking out of a game. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, for me, yeah, it did take something out. And to be fair, I'm quite surprised because I remember playing this on release. I was only, I say only, I was 15, but I didn't watch a lot of horror films as a kid. So I was quite surprised that it was one of my top games when I was playing, when I was growing up. I think it's well, though. It sounds like it had impact on you, wasn't it? And I think oh, when yeah. I look at my next choice as well, that's definitely mine as well. Nostalgia is definitely yeah. a big reason. Yeah, I, I think nostalgia has come into a few of my choices. But yeah, that was definitely... And the fact that I sought it out again when I saw it was on the Switch, that goes to show it obviously had an impact for me. Yeah. But yeah, so that's my number five. My next one, number do four. We need, do we need like a sort of um, top of the pops intro? Coming in at number four. <laughs> yeah, you can do that brief <laughs> one and edit that in. That'd be great. <laughs> number four, I'm going, for, I'm going back in the day, PS1. Oh, yeah. And it is Rugrats Search for Reptile. <laughs> Reptile? Reptile? Reptile, yeah. Um, and uh, did you ever play that one? I think I did. I'm trying to think about this, why, you know, when I was picking my games, I was trying to, like, pick them for different reasons. Mm. And this is the first time I felt maybe like a true gamer in the sense, I remember completing the game and then replaying it and wanting to do all the little find all the little secrets yeah. puzzle pieces and like 100% it so before you could get like platinums and things like that and I, I remember wanting to play all the mini games I still remember the sort of an NFL American football dial one where Angelica's chasing you've got to throw a bottle of baby chocolate milk away from her so she can't get it oh yeah um, I vaguely recall it like level in a like supermarket as well oh yeah Chucky's a piece of shit I remember yeah. that. So, like, that still <laughs> frustrates me to this day the terrible camera angle where you feel oh. like jumping across and then the floor was wet and it would like take you back to a further box you had to jump over yeah yeah I, I really so I've, ju- I've just had a quick google and yeah it's the exact same one that i remember yes i've definitely played this haven't got that many memories of it i distinctly remember playing it around um, my aunt's house i think it was um my cousin who had it but yeah i feel like yeah i just yeah again there were just lots of mini games and i remember there's an Easter egg where if you complete it all, you got to do a secret message where you could play as the mission, even where you could play as the dinosaur and destroy the city. And oh yeah, I know, like I said, it was the first time I think I ever felt like a gamer before knowing what a gamer was back then. Yeah, uh, where I wanted to master it. I didn't just want to play the the mission once. I wanted to get better at it and do it, do a better job and and complete it quicker the next time and things like that. Yeah. Oh, see, that's yeah. a great choice, this one, because it's making me want to go back and play this game. Well, like, and- I'm, I'm, I think we start the campaign right here, right now, for a remake of that game. Well, uh, I don't know if the company's still in business. Now, I did some research on this, and what I, <laughs> this is amazing. Like, this is the type of stuff you can't make up. So it was developed by uh, N-Space, who oh, ended yeah. up making pretty much just Nintendo DS games up until about 2015. I don't think they've done much since then, so I assume they've gone out of business. But the same year that they released Rugrats Search for Reptar on PS1, this children's game, mm-hmm. they also released the same year Duke Nukem, Oh, yeah. one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I've just got these image of these developers make. I know it was probably two different teams, but I like to think it was one team working on both games simultaneously. Or just real man, man children, yeah. just developing it, <laughs> having a secret um, love for Rugrats. But yeah, that's unbelievable. Great show yeah, that's and my, great my game. Number four. 
I like it. Right, my number four isn't as obscure as that, because that is okay. quite an obscure game, and I think a lot of our one viewer probably hasn't heard of that one. My number four is definitely a game most people have heard of. Um, I don't know whether you ever owned uh, Nintendo 64. Uh, uh, do you know what? I was just going through the attic on Christmas decoration. I've still got it. Oh, really? Nice. I've still got about 20 games, so there you go. Oh, the see. Sort out I was going to say, I'm straight over there. So have you got GoldenEye? I do. There we go. So my number four is GoldenEye. It was just a fantastic game and something they don't make anymore in terms of couch co-op. Um, oh, yeah. 100%. The multiplayer was just phenomenal. The single player game, absolutely brilliant. And I know this is going to sound a really random reason to have it up there as well. But the fact you could actually shoot out lights back in the, the day, you could physically shoot out the lights and they'd turn off. And That's next level surely the first game where you could use a machine gun to draw a penis on a wall <laughs> yes <laughs> like i'm sure that was everyone's favorite feature just sat there just shooting at the wall and it actually having bullet damage that would for some reason after a while because i'm guessing it was due to the limitations start to fade away and you'd try and catch it before it faded exactly. away wouldn't you, you? Had to the penis before yeah before <laughs> the bullets faded yeah no it was great and then all the other the cheat codes that you could have for it so you could have um giant head mode or the paintball mode and various things like that yeah and the single player was just brilliant i still remember like, i'm 100 percent sure i completed it but i've definitely played the first few missions so many times it was just so much fun i remember like one of the missions where you had to escape to like it was like an aircraft hangar and you had to get to the plane but i was just thinking uh, of that one in my head early on you could like, steal the tank couldn't you it? oh it was like, fantastic was it, like, obviously i think it's you know known for making fps what fps is now mm -hmm. you know the two sticks and things like that you know from the point of view of the gun well as it's meant to be well you used, you used, you used to have to use the c yeah you used to have to use the um c sticks didn't you the yellow buttons on the side to move around yeah. as well yeah I, I remember the cheat codes and like i said i remember playing with my cousin played hide and seek where one of us would turn around would hide ourselves in the mission and look down and, and we had a timer for how long it'd take you oh, to really? find them yeah so you, I remember making my own like games for it as well but yeah thinking back it wasn't just all of that it was how cinematic the missions were like yeah. you had to get to the plane and then you'd watch yourself almost like the bomb fly film, off fly. Or like the, yeah. the first mission where you're making your way through and then at the end you jump off the um, dam yeah so yeah I completely agree it was it was really immersive and just a fantastic game the only annoying Did you thing play about it when they it, remade it yes so they made so they made one remake and they also tried to make a sequel. I can't think what the sequel's called, but it had Goldeneye in the beginning and it wasn't really a sequel. There was obviously trying to keep in the fans, but neither hit the mark for some reason. I don't understand how a remake of the game couldn't hit the mark, but it really didn't. It just didn't have that same feel to it. Shame that. Do you have played Nightfire as well on the I played on the GameCube, I'm sure it was on the PS2 as well. Was that what James Bond? Yeah. I played the, play the few... Was that the sort of dark one? <laughs> yeah, it's when James Bond turned out to be raised <laughs> yeah. and not the Holocaust and the hype. Okay, so we're now, we're now get working out who our viewers are going to be. <laughs> um, no, I don't remember that one. Hold on. I'm, just having, I'm, go, I'm going to have a quick Google because I'm now convinced there is definitely a dark James Bond game and it's really oh, bugging me what his name is. I'm going to have to add another honourable mention on it. Rogue thought. Agent. There we go. That might be actually the sequel that they made that wasn't really a sequel, GoldenEye Rogue Agent. So you take the role of an ex-MI-16... MI-16? What am I on about? MI-6 agent. <laughs> <laughs> he was recruited 
by Goldfinger to assassinate Dr. Nose. So it's a bit of a darker sort of spin on it all. So I wasn't making it up, but that's obviously the one I'm thinking of in terms of they kept the Golden Eye name. I remember my, the one I'm on about, just it had like you could have bots, so you could play like um, a deathmatch, like local co op, but put bots on as well. So I guess it was the first time I felt like I was playing. You know, it's now commonplace with like Call of Duty. Yeah. And stuff like that. I think like. So I'm looking at Rogue not Rogue Agent. I'm looking at the one that you said, Agent Under Nightfire. Fire. Now Nightfire, yeah. yes, Nightfire, Nightfire. You are right. I think embarrassingly, I'm sure that was my original Xbox 360 name or something like that. What Nightfire? Night. Yeah, I thought it sounded really cool <laughs> until like a week later, someone was like, "Are oh, you on uh, Xbox Online or whatever it was called back then?" And I was like, "Xbox Live." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah." And he's like. Give me your Xbox tag, as I. You give me your horse, because like a little bit too old I think, <laughs> to have a name like that. I think I played this game as well, looking at it. I think I played a lot of the 007 games. They were just a lot of fun, but GoldenEye is obviously the one that cemented it for me. It's made a lot of games what they are today, and it's what we're missing with the um, couch co-op, in my opinion. I'm, I'm not good enough to be playing online. I'm not a massive gamer in terms of st- stuff like that. So... I go online on these games to play against people and I just get killed instantly, so the fun's <laughs> lost there. Whereas playing against my brother who doesn't know how to use a controller, I'm the one who's winning. <laughs> I think we've learned a lot about you there since <laughs> I'm sure I used to cheat all the time. I was one of the, I was one of those gamers who definitely looked at someone else's screen to work out where oh, they were. No, I I was almost I was the worst kind of in person. my like ability not to do that. I remember even like to the point of taping a bed sheet across the middle of the screen <laughs> and trying to do it that way so people no. didn't cheat. I'm definitely not honourable in the game. Or in life. No, apparently no. not. <laughs> Are you right. ready for number three? I want number to three, number three. <laughs> Can I mix it up? Um, mine's a bit of a cheat here because it's two games. Oh, well um, then. Let's just you, end you've the podcast lost. now. We can't. <laughs> it's just over. <laughs> like, we sell the rules, top five. First episode, you destroy it. Okay, should we change it to top five-ish? <laughs> Coming in at um, the top five-ish. Last of Us, both one and two, because it's, well, part as well. It's not Last of Us one, Last of Us two, it's part two. So it is still part of the same game in that sense. <laughs> if you want um, to play it like that, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've completed both of them, and then I've just redone them with my girlfriend as well. And yeah, I mean, it's storytelling, amazing, graphically unbelievable, voice acting incredible I think it's actually I'm going to stop you a second do you want to rewind just in case your fiance listens to this fiance yeah <laughs> one of us keeping track of that <laughs> so number three the last of us both part one and two which me and my fiance have recently just played together yeah I just absolutely loved it and like I know a lot, it's got a lot of criticism because of the I mean, can I spoil it? Is it a spoiler at this point? Right, well, just put a cravat here. Don't listen for the next 30 seconds or so because we're about to give a spoiler for The Last of Us Part 2. So, obviously Joel dies and then, you know, half of the story is Ellie trying to get revenge. And oh, then... I would like to say I haven't played The Last of Us Part 2, so thanks for spoiling it. <laughs> um, I don't care about you. I care about our one listener. Should we name our one listener? No, no, no. Oh, okay, let's go with Jonathan. So for Jonathan, our one listener... Yeah, I care about him being bored, you, not so much. Um, yeah, this this one listener's know. coming back now and been 30 seconds and they're about to get the spoiler. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> and then they stopped listening. We had one listener for half of... Not even, well, a quarter of a podcast? Yeah. But yeah, a lot of people complained that it was just too simplistic. It was all just about revenge and how bad revenge is and how, you know, 
you know violence begets violence sort of thing but i i don't think it was that i think obviously that there is that element but i think it's more looking at two people at different stages of their life yeah like when we see abby at the start of the game that's a new character where we find, yeah that's right that's the one who kills joel oh is it um yeah and we we find by the sort of towards the end that's where ellie is so it's it's interesting because it's those parallels that you hate Abby at the start, and then as you play her over three days and see her flashbacks, you actually... Well, I personally started to like Abby more than Ellie. And it was just interesting, because I think more than it being this whole, like, too obvious statement of, oh, don't, you know, don't do revenge, it's really bad for you, it was more just looking at... You go in... It, I think the more that you disliked Ellie, because of how much this sort of revenge had overtaken it, it just even more made you empathise with Abby, because you can go, well, actually, I can see why she did that, because I where... Ellie is right now is where Abby was at the start of the game and that's what I thought was clever is how can you take the most unlikable characters killed one of the most beloved PlayStation characters yeah. in Joel how can you you know sympathise with her and I think by having Ellie become Abby almost that you were able to sort of do it and I think that's even if you only had a tiny smidgen of sympathy for Abby I think then that's incredible storytelling in any medium whether it be book films or video games and like i say it was for me it was a piece of art more than a game i was going to say so are you coming at this in that the story was just so good and that's what made the game for you yeah like i said i don't even think that the story i think you know the first as a story as a narrative as a piece of you know uh, you know storytelling the first one's much better but the second one it's more clever how the writing made me feel something for what is ultimately a video game and i think often you know, it's that whole thing, Grand Theft Auto, you know, how many people used to kill the prostitute and felt no guilt about it. It's not because we were... Oh, that's because... It's because it felt like a game. Yeah. But that also, she took our money, so you want to get that back. <laughs> um, but no, I think it was... I, I don't know, like... It, that's what I thought was so clever about the second one is it, it stopped me thinking this is a game and it almost became like a, a human psychological point, like, oh, who should I like? Who do I not like? Why am I thinking this way? Why are they thinking that way? And I, yeah. like I said, I can't give a higher compliment than it sort of made me forget it was a game, that immersion. I think that's very fair. I personally have struggled to get into The Last of Us. Well, you're a terrible person. <laughs> apparently so. <laughs> but I will agree that the story is fantastic. For me, though, I do struggle just with... I've never really, controversial opinion, been a fan of many of Naughty Dog's games. I couldn't get on with Uncharted either. I don't know what it is about it. I just felt it was like, especially more so in Uncharted, you sort of press forwards and your character would go left, right, wherever, because that's where the game wanted to take you. you oh, did, yeah, I, very I didn't feel as though there was my own choices being made there. And that's the only thing that took it out of me for The Last of Us. It was very linear in you do this, you go there. I like a yeah. bit of, I like to go around, try and explore places. And that's what it is for me. But I understand your reasoning for putting Last of Us up here completely. It is a fantastic game still, regardless of those choices. And it's a great story. And I think for, particularly as well, the first one, in, in a sort of where almost, you know, getting your money's worth, every game has to have this like longevity. You have to be like free to play games like Fortnite and now have seasons rather than sequels. Yeah. Um, same with Fallout guys. So like you put, hundreds of hours into it whereas i think there's something to be said about a last of us game in this modern world where you can complete it in 15 hours in the first game 30 hours on the second game for instance yeah like to actually be able to complete a game in this day and age is a nice feeling yeah all right so you're number three 
Yes. So this one had a bit of thinking behind it. So one of my favorite game franchises, and I played a lot of the games in its series, is the Zelda franchise. So obviously the most recent one, Breath of the Wild. I'm still yet to play it on the Switch, but I played it on the Wii U when I had that. One of the best games I've ever played. And even though it is genuinely probably the top game I've ever played, it still didn't make the cut because my love of that came from the Ocarina of Time. Oh, what a game, yeah. So I couldn't include, I couldn't put Breath of the Wild above or below the game that made me fall in love with the whole franchise in general. It's just a fantastic game. I read recently that there's um, planning on, because it was such a vast landscape, they're planning on doing it a bit like um, Mario, in terms of you went into the pictures to go into these different worlds. Yeah. But they realised that just wouldn't work, and that's where Hyrule... Um, field came into play so you had that massive open landscape where you could see each of the different sort of places that you wanted to go it was just a brilliant game and i meant to bring it up i forgot annoyingly um but recently i um partook in reddit secret santa and so reddit secret santa is basically throughout have you, you've heard of reddit yes yeah yeah the yeah. forum thing yeah exactly so what they do is every year they do a secret santa And you don't know who it's going to be. You sort of sign up. You don't have a cost limit or anything like that. You sort of put a bit of a description about you and you'll be matched with a random person and then they send you something. So I got the second book in Mythos, which I appreciate to my Reddit if you're listening to this for whatever reason. I did put that my favourite books are the Mythos series and you did get me the second book in that. (laughs) (laughs) But my second gift, I was, when they messaged me to say the second gift is on the way i was like oh god you brought me the third one and i know that i've got that for christmas but luckily <laughs> luckily they've got me a really interesting but um not book sorry um gift which was a sort of um it was like a wind up music box and you wound it and it played the um theme music from the legend of zelda and it That's just rem- cool. yeah it was a really obscure what gift what did you get then oh i didn't get this person something i got someone else who I'm not going to say why, but I didn't enjoy buying them a gift. Maybe I'll explain to you personally, because I don't want to offend anyone. But I didn't enjoy <laughs> buying them a gift. But I got them... Um, there's... There's a weird clicking, by the way. Oh, sorry, it's my pen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case well, our viewers can hear that. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, so I got them a um, book, which was like the history of Scotland by two of the actors from Out- Outlander. I didn't enjoy. I didn't enjoy trying to find a gift for him. It wasn't fun. But that wasn't That's like the a nice idea, though. The yeah, it, it wasn't the person who brought me a gift. It, it, yeah, it's just literally completely random. Bill Gates does it. He, um, it's always like big thing to be the person who gets the gift from Bill Gates because it's obviously yeah, because he buy, he buys a lot from. Right. Anyway, I've forgotten where we were. We we're talking about Legend of Zelda. Ocarina of Time. Yes. Yeah, so yes, that was it. So I got that wind up music box, which is really quite cool, and it just brought back memories of enjoying the game and making me want to play it again and just hoping there'll be a remake come soon I've on got the... that on N64 as well so oh, you can yeah. run and play it I'll be over, loved it it also wasn't a game I completed until probably about 2009, 2010 what, um, on the N64 still? yeah so I yeah. had it on the, I don't know what happened, it got lost throughout university at some point and that's really annoying but I'm sure I had it at some point, and I know I had it at university. But I got stuck on the classic water temple. Everyone loves a good old water temple level. Is that the one where you go inside the creature, the whale? Or something? No, the second water level. So it's inside the temple. So it's the water temple. Right. And I just couldn't complete it. 
so I just gave up on the game and it really frustrated me because I loved the game. I was occasionally go back to it and then I managed to complete it probably about 10 years later and it was just a fantastic feeling and it was such a good game. It was revolutionary at the time, I felt. It was just in terms of the 3D and the vastness of the game. I don't remember playing a game that was that big before then. No. And it was just a lot of fun and the lore there was just fantastic. All the different creatures that you came across. I loved it. I can't say any more than that. I just really love the game. It's just brilliant. And the games that have come afterwards, not direct sequels apart from Majora's Mask, they're sort of all within this separate universe. And there's like a big compilation about how sort of timelines have all split up from this one event. Uh, it's just a brilliant game. I think as well, our, that sort of era as well, the N64, I remember my cousin gave it me. And you know the games were saved on the, on the actual cartridges, I guess, yeah. weren't they? Like, a lot of them were already completed. I remember, I don't know if, anyone, I don't know if my one listener, Jonathan, had a similar childhood experience. So I have a lot of these games where they were already completed for me. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I got to enjoy them. I got to enjoy the after part, you know, where you've got everything unlocked and you're super Well, powerful, go, you going back around. to the my previous choice, Goldeneye, that became a lot of fun once all the levels were unlocked, all the characters were unlocked, all yeah. the cheats were unlocked. So, yeah, I get exactly what you're on about with that. It's quite nice in some ways. In some ways, obviously, I lost the sort of, you know, the, the you know, you got this idea of completing and achieving something. Yeah. But it was also fun for a young kid just to have, to be able to play with invisibility and just go around <laughs> getting people from behind and they have no idea I was there yeah. on the on the main story. Yeah. But Goldeneye now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not, not Ocarina of the Time, because that would be a very different game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's my number three choice. It's probably the game that got me into gaming, to be honest with you. Yeah, and like I say, I think going back to my number five, Oblivion, I don't think there would have been Oblivion without an Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Right, you ready to introduce number two? As in yes. the voiceover? Let's go for number two. That should also be how you announce when you go for a shit from now on. <laughs> <laughs> um, number two, I think the only thing that's going to surprise you about this choice is that it's not number one. Okay. And that is the world's best spreadsheet that is Football Manager. <laughs> um, you know I've sung a embarrassing amount of hours into Football Manager. Yes. Um, since two thousand and five, so I'm not one of the the Championship managers, but I have played O one O two, which everyone loves. Um, so is it two thousand and five yeah. you started with? Yeah. So you I, I think Championship manager. That was the one that I used to play as well. Without, when I first started, I was cheated. I remember getting like the data editor and like yeah. <laughs> making really odd signings. Like I was Derby County, the championship, and I only signed one player, and it was an aging Hernan Crespo who used to play for Chelsea. <laughs> and I don't know why I did it. Of all the players in the world, I could have picked, and I went for Hernan Crespo. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. what is it that you liked about this game specifically? Because as a gamer i think a lot of people will be shocked that this is in the top five. Oh, 100 i get that I, I think again as someone who likes to read and use their imagination i guess in that way it sounds pretentious as fuck but i think <laughs> it was that you had to make your own narratives up because there's no like high-end graphics and you know a lot of it was just looking at numbers and dots on the screen yeah it was literally dots running around with a little football wasn't it yeah exactly i think it was the idea that you know, I'd sign this. So you have these things called new gens, which are newly generated players or regens, as yeah. sometimes called. Um, so they weren't real people. They were these 16-year-olds you could sign from some random place in Argentina uh, for a team in League Two who would then go on to be this world's best player. And it was, I think there was that idea of that, 
that story making of you signing them and watching them get better and better and better and helping you win things um, and like I say you have all these little stories these little narratives within the game that you make up in your own head uh, well there's definitely I- one football player that had that that everyone in the world would sign and would think would become the world's best player and in the game they did become the world's best player and yeah. really they became no one and can you remember who that player was? Freddie Adu? Freddie Adu, yeah. <laughs> That's one of the biggest things I everyone would always sign. Freddie Adu, he, was, he became the world's best player in the game. Nobody in real life, really. Literally, he is only famous because of that. I know, and that... You know, you got to feel so sorry for him. Oh, yeah. You know, and that, but that just epitomises football, isn't it? That sort of idea of... I don't know if you could even call it wasted potential. Because um, that's harsh sometimes to say that. Like, I always think of, like, Ravel Morrison gets a really bad reputation. He used to play for United. Mm. Um, but then, you know, there's a lot coming out now that he sort of had ADHD. And because of football, he wasn't allowed the medication he needed. Um, so a lot of his sort of troubles came from sort of his past and the fact that he wasn't allowed medication he could have. So it's, you know, it's, it's easy, isn't it? It's lazy to say the weight of their potential when actually sometimes there's a lot behind the scenes for why they didn't maybe become yeah. who they could have become. Plus also, it is just algorithms in the game that make them become who they become. Well, you know, it is, it is the largest scouting network in the world. Well, do people actually use it for that? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I remember David Moyes when he was at Everton said that he used the Foot Manager database as part of his scouting. Mm. And um, I think now there's more, I don't know, professional perhaps. Maybe that's a bit, maybe the wrong term, but um, there's they're sort of these people who go out and get data on all these players and give them sort of ratings and things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, like I said, I think it was just this idea of. I liked football, uh, so the idea of being a manager was great, and it was that idea that you had to make up your own old stories. Like I say, I was I used to interview myself in the bath, <laughs> like I was a real <laughs> football manager. Yeah, there's a film called The Commitments where I think he does a similar thing, um, and yeah, but I remember literally interviewing myself. I never quite went to suiting up for a cup final, but um, I've done pretty much every weird nerdy thing you could possibly do. Um, to make the game seem more realistic in my head as possible. <laughs> nice. I, I like the choice, and I like what it's there. And at the end of the day, this is a top five of your personal games. And while for a lot of people, that won't be there. And again, you have said Football Manager. Is there a specific one that's your favourite? Um, yeah, it was red. I think it was 2013, and it was the first time I didn't cheat. Okay. I didn't do save, sum, save scumming where I saved and reloaded. And I got Burton from, what I think it was the conference that they were in, all the way to the Premier League champions and Champions League winners. Nice. Um, and, I, and I didn't use any cheats or the database hacks or reload and things like that. So it was like a real sense of like accomplishment yeah. um, from it. No, it like I said, in terms of all these games, it's by far the one I've sunk the most hours into. So it had to be on yeah. the list. Now, me and my friend Laugh, um, he have a look at his steam account regularly and he's got hundreds upon hundreds of games of there with zero hours on it but then you look at football manager and it's got probably years worth of hours on it because as well he'd just put it running in the background sometimes so yeah, it I physically would be years it. worth of gameplay on it and we always used to laugh about it no i like that well, choice and it is a game that i i'm not into football as you know but i actually really enjoyed football manager and it's a game that i could probably get into now but I did try recently, and it's very confusing if you don't know a lot of the players. <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine, to be fair. I imagine it is quite daunting going in yeah. without that knowledge. Because I probably stopped playing back in 2000... I'm going to say about 9. Probably the last yeah. one that I 
I just I remember playing 2005. I remember being that that being the main one that I played. I feel like 2009 was the year they first went 3D. Yes, in which, which case that was the year at the time. Yeah. It was still a bit buggy, I remember, but... Yeah, looking yeah. back now, it didn't look great. And I think sometimes I'd go 2D because it would look better than the 3D. Yeah. But yeah, at least it did on my computer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a fair choice. And it's, again, your list. So, yeah, why not put that up there? It's obviously a game that means a lot to you. Number two, then. My number two is the only game, I think, that might cross over with yours. It hasn't so far... I'm concerned it might be your number one, but I might be wrong. You might have chosen something else. But my number two is Minecraft. No, it isn't. Fantastic. It is so a fantastic game, though. I actually had a completely gift different game for number two. And then as I started sort of writing about it, I realised I couldn't remember a huge amount about it. I'll tell you what the game was. It was Fallout New Vegas. Yeah, a lot of people put that up as an amazing game, don't they? Yeah, but I can't remember too much about it. I I love the Fallout games, and Fallout, I'll say it now, it's going to be honourable mentions because just fantastic, immersive games. I really like, I know people um, slate Bethesda for what they've done recently with Fallout 4 and Fallout 76, but I still really enjoy their games. They're just brilliant fun, just going around, enjoying yourself in an open world Mm. universe, to be honest with you. But that is also why Minecraft, when I started thinking about it more, I was like, what is the ultimate sort of open world game? And really, Minecraft gets up there because you can physically do so much. Yeah. So, oh, um, one viewer won't know this, but me and Mike quite often play Minecraft and yeah, um, building a little world that we continuously destroy. And I always go out exploring and die a lot. But... It's just a brilliant game and just the things that they keep on adding to it and the fact it was even though the person turned out not to be a very nice person. But the fact knock. Yes. Well, was he not a good guy in the end? I think he spouted like um Nazi statements. I don't want to quote this wrong, so I'm gonna quickly I think it's Nook was his name. Do you know what? I really hope that one day we get big enough to be like you know, have you ever seen Joe Rogan's podcast? I've heard of him. They've got a guy who's just in the background who just like you know like when them conversations like this. Joe Rogan will be like, "What yeah. happened? What happened last year at that thing?" And the guy will Google it, and then there's obviously a screen that Joe Rogan can look at, <laughs> and they can pull up what they Google. Notch, not knock. And so his real name is Marcus Pearson. Mm-hmm. Let's go to controversy on Wikipedia. He sounds like a um, woman already. Pearson has received criticism for political and social opinions he expressed on Twitter, such as referring to feminism as a social disease and claiming that feminists are overtly sexist against men. Um, He tweeted in support of Heterosexual Pride Day, calling opponents to the ideas, going to go explicit with our podcast, cunts, and suggesting that they deserve to be shot. Um, In November 2017... He posted a tweet that read, it's okay to be white. He just basically doesn't sound like a very nice person. Um, So Microsoft actually removed him from any reference in the game after they brought the game. I never get about people who do this. Like, if I had these extreme opinions, I was in the public eye, surely think, best not say this, because it's really going to rile people up. I, don't, exactly. I, never, I never get people Just who, keep are, like, it to yourself. who are overtly racist. Like, surely well, you should hide that. Don't get racism in the slightest. We'll put that out there now. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I get what you mean. If you are racist and you're very famous, why would you reveal that? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's taken away from the game completely, though. 
because it still is a fantastic game. Unfortunately, its, it's creator wasn't us. The... From the artist, we've talked about this a few times. Yeah. yeah, I can't think what we talked about it with, but yeah, I agree. It's taken, yeah, separating the art from the artist. Oh, Jake and Rowland, probably. Yeah, um, and the art for Minecraft is fantastic. Keep like coming up with this idea, and it's an infinite world now, isn't it? It used to be at the time there was only a certain region you can go to. It's definitely become a lot more immersive, and you can do so much more. You can create stuff. It's educational as well. Like they've added yeah, things. That help out with schools. I think it's amazing in terms as well as like you know I'll let we'll let our one follower Jonathan into this, but like there's so much complex stuff you can do in Minecraft, and you and I have never come close to touching that. No, really. And I don't know about whenever we play or when I play on my own, we always at the same part. You know, I build a, a, a base so I can't get attacked by zombies. Yeah. I can build a bed, torches, I can mine, I can normally get to a bit where I can get, you know, to sort of diamond and I'll make some armour and sword. I've tried to go in the nether once and it was scary, but we're going to try again, I'm sure. But like, that's... <laughs> well, normally what I do is I normally then get a bit bored, leave it a few weeks and start a new world again from scratch. Yeah. And that's all I do is constantly... I don't use the sort of amazing things that they have. I don't really go beyond the very, very basics, but... But I, that's great, isn't it? That I can still enjoy the game with maybe using one, two, three, as a temp. Yeah, it, it says a lot for the game, really. Um, but yeah, and the things that people have created, like I'm sure there's people that are creating the whole of the earth at the moment, like literally a whole Minecraft universe, which is the world. Yeah. Um, there's people who have created stuff from Game of Thrones and Skyrim, like literally everything. And it's fantastic. And it's a commitment to the game, actually, that so many people enjoy doing this yeah that's my number two it's not got a plot it's not got a story but it's just a fun game to play and from a business point of view the money it's made from you know that is stupidly impressive oh it's got it's meant to have a movie coming out at some point soon i don't know when i'm sure my nephew is as watched an interactive film about yeah tv show yeah minecraft um they did a um telltale uh, game, I can't think what it's called now. It's going to bug like me, but it had Pat- Netflix. Yeah, it had Pat and Oswald as the um, main character. But yeah, and then it was so it was, it's an actual game. But then they developed it onto Netflix. You are absolutely right with that. But yeah, should we go for honourable mentions? Then, so you've talked me through um, talking of as well, New Vegas. Cause I've never played. It. I played number three. Really liked it. Mm-hmm. Liam Neeson as your dad. What a, what a game already. <laughs> Um, but New Vegas, what did they make? The developers of that had made something else previously, hadn't they? They've gone. gone yes, it's really going to bug me. Uh, yeah, they what did make it? Outer Worlds. It was was it the original Fallout's maybe that they made like one and two? No, I don't think that because Bethesda are the ones who make um, like most of the Fallout games. I feel like I remember reading that the, the reason New Vegas I think was so good is because it took the best bits of three. And then included whatever they used to originally work on. Oh yeah, it, it definitely became a lot more old school. Like, um, so they have made Knights of the Old Republic. What a game! That that should be a mind event. It's not. Yeah. I love them. Neverwinter Nights two, but no, they didn't make anything prior. Um, sorry, um, any Fallout games prior? But they should definitely be. Oh, <laughs> they made South Park: The Stick of Truth. Well, I've never played it. <laughs> it's quite, quite a fun much. game. Yeah. Um, um, it was just fun. They added a lot of... Um, I'm be wrong with saying this, but they added a lot more um, 
sort of choices to the game and the factions and things like that so you could choose the different factions that you'd be part of it, it was a good game i remember my friend being an absolute shock when i decided well the game's called new vegas i want to go to new vegas and i went there you're not meant to get access to new vegas for some time because you will die i somehow made it into the strip um i didn't i did die quite a bit afterwards but i remember him being an absolute shock being like how the hell did you do that and i don't know either because i am not a good gamer i play it for fun but i am not good exactly but that's what i liked about it you can go anywhere you can do quite a lot of stuff um yeah it's just a fun game um so my honorable mentions in at number one on my or number four on my honorable mentions yeah, the bottom of my honourable mentions is a fantastic game that you probably haven't heard of. Um, released in 1993 mm-hmm. for the Sega Mega Drive, was probably the first game that I ever played, and it's called Toe Jam and Earl in Panic on Funkadron. Yep, definitely never heard of no, that. No, <laughs> absolutely obscure game. Like I say, two of these games are really obscure that a lot of people wouldn't have heard of. But I remember me and my friend Carl, we said Toe Jam and Earl. So it's the sequel I played, which is called Panic in Panic on Funkatron, sorry. So reading the Wikipedia, because I can't remember a huge amount about it, but it did have a plot. It concerns two alien protagonists, Toe Jam and Earl, who both um, escaped from Earth where they crash-landed. After returning to the home of Funkatron, they discover that a number of antagonistic Earthlings have stowed away on the spacecraft and are wrecking havoc across the planet. It was just a really fun game. There was something about it I can't really explain too much because, again, it was so long ago that I played it now. Um, but it was just a fun game and enjoyable. And it had a cracking soundtrack. I don't know why, but it reminds me of... I remember when you used to get a PS1, you know, you used to get a yeah. console that used to come with a demo disc. you remember that? It had like oh, demo discs all the time, yeah. Uh, I remember there was this one, and if anyone ever ends up listening to this who knows, they can comment. I don't even know. Oh, yeah, we've got, got a viewer already. <laughs> Jonathan. Jonathan knows about this already. Um, I really hope our one viewer is called Jonathan. I hope we get a viewer called Jonathan. In fact, no, I just, I'm going back, I hope we get a viewer. Yeah. But if he's, called, if he's not called Jonathan, he will be from, it, from Evermore. If you are listening and you're called Jonathan, email us and we'll get you on the show be amazing that, was... that, that, Jonathan would be our first guest or oh, yeah. save it for our 100th episode oh well yeah let's go big <laughs> um, do you know what I'm going to end this story because I, I can't remember what it was called it was just some sort of uh, platformer and you were like this weird kid and did you have a sling were you in just like pants or something I'm not sure but sounds interesting it was... It was odd. I remember, yeah, I remember it feeling like a really good game when I was playing it, like the mechanics. But um, and I always completed the demo, and then never ended up buying it. Oh. What a shy story that was. <laughs> Moving on, um, my one of two honourable mentions. There. Okay. One is Dragon Age. Again, oh, yeah. fantasy RPG. Loved it. it was particularly the first one, Origins. Mm-hmm. Um, I never played the second one. I heard it was dreadful. And then I played Inquisition, which was okay. I, I sort of enjoyed it at the time, but looking back, it was a bit forgettable. But Dragon Age Origins, what I loved was this idea that you picked a different race at the start. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could be a human, you could be an elf, you could be a dwarf. And before the main mission, you had your own origin story. I you were at this battle essentially so whatever character you end up at this battle um, and that becomes part of the main story had your own little origin story first hand so you could be like a noble and your uh, brother 
um, tried to take the throne from you. I think he kills, he assassinates your dad. So part of the sort of side mission for you, for your origin story, is you get revenge on your brother. Um, whereas you could also be a, um, a dwarf commoner, and obviously your your origin story would be different. Or you could be a elf, and your origin story would be different. So I thought that was cool. That not only would people react differently based on your race, but you had your own little story. So it had that sort of replayability value to it. Um, and yeah, it was just. It was cool. I just remember it being cool. The characters were interesting. You felt powerful. Even though the combat wasn't great, you, f- you, you could get to a point where you felt like quite a powerful character, but yeah. the progression was sort of natural. Um, so, yeah, I didn't want to put it on because I had Oblivion as well, so uh, another fantasy option. Yeah, I get what you mean by that. Right, shall I say two of mine, and then you can say your final one, and then I'll give my final one for the honourable yeah, mentions. So I'll say both of these on the same one, both Sonic and Mario. Any games are in those franchises. Again, I used to have a Sega Mega Drive. That was the first console I owned. So obviously Sonic played a big part in that. And I remember going around my aunt, as well as playing, I'm going to say two really obscure games. I'm pretty sure she had Home Alone 2. (laughs) Um, I can't think what the ending is. Something from New York, isn't it? Um, And she also had a um, Hulk Hogan wrestling game. I remember playing those two a lot. But also I remember playing the Mario game on um the nes and love both of them like they are fantastic games we wouldn't be in the world that we are now without either of those games i don't think Um, so yeah i just wanted to mention how great they are and how to this day i still play mario games all the time i've recently played um the most recent sonic game they're just great games controversially i'm you know mario completely agree i like the one on uh, mario 64 amazing i mm-hmm. even i've heard recently that it, it's you know amongst mario fans i think is panned i could be wrong there but um i remember getting the gamecube playing mario sunshine really enjoying it yeah I, a lot I loved it like yeah it. i've heard a lot of people don't like it but i really enjoyed that game um sonic i do think is absolute shy <laughs> are you on about 3d sonic or I wonder about the platform more. I feel like I could pretty much, even as a kid, like do well on that game by just pressing right the whole time. Oh, you would be so wrong. You would be stuck. Because sometimes you have to go left. Oof. (laughs) No, you would not do well just by going right. There's a lot of thinking to it. And obviously, it's not necessarily completing the level. It's completing the level in time. And all the levels have a time limit as well. To be fair, you they have did a ring a... limit as well. Did you have to get rings as well. Yeah, you had to get rings. Um, obviously, if you got hundred rings, you get an extra life. But I um, mean, some of them that um finishing the certain levels meant that you um with different rings meant you could get gems, and the gems allowed you to become supersonic. Um, there's all sorts of things to it. It is a, just a great game. Um... Is that two in one you've done there then? Yeah, I've just done two together because I feel like they deserve to go together because they are big mascots for their companies and both. hundred percent. Revolution games. They're you know gaming icons. Aren't yeah, they? exactly. Uh, my last one mentioned Time Split is two. What an absolutely amazing. Oh game. great um, on GameCube. You uh, I think I played it on PS2. I played it on the GameCube, but yeah, either way. Again, I remember the first time doing local, you know, couch co-op, local co-op where. Um, we did bots. And I was going to say, you definitely could do on that. Same team, doing deathmatch. Uh, remember the gingerbread man coming in and randomly shooting people <laughs> and then running out. He just seemed to be stupid. I don't know if that was... Wasn't there a little monkey AI. as well you could play with as well? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But again, I remember, yeah, it was just for the for the bots you could play, those mini games that made it, I guess, again, it's an insight into what, you know, 
when we started to get Xbox Live and online gaming, what, what it was going to become on, on consoles at least. I'm sure PC gamers would tell me that you could have done that for years, but yeah, on uh, console, it was a, a look into what the world would yeah. be like, the future. Yeah. Right. So my final honourable mention is a game that I've mentioned to you numerous times. It only came out, at least on the Switch, it might have been out a bit earlier, but it only came out on the Switch late last year because we're now in 2021 now. Um, it's a game called Horus. Oh, really? I'm surprised on your own inventions. It is such a good game. Um, it kind of, and I really want to say kind of, reminded me of a bit of... Um, do you remember playing a game called Super Meat Boy? I remember watching a documentary about it. I don't think I've oh, really? played it. Yeah, have you seen that? No, really odd game to be making the documentary about. It was about uh, indie developers. Yeah. And how basically they, I think they sacrificed loads and they uh, put a lot of more of their own money into it. And then you obviously became, I imagine, super rich from it. But it was a yeah. big gamble because they were developing it on their own. Okay. And I think because of successes like Super Meat Boy, what made this, well, one of the games that turned into indies being so popular and profitable. Now. Yeah, I definitely remember it being one of the early indie games. Anyway, so yeah, with Horace, he plays a little robot who has been developed by an old man story comes into play i'm not going to say anything because i think the story is absolutely phenomenal in this game it's all narrated by the robot um and he tells the whole story pop culture um references galore from really obscure british um history um starts off with like you know the old granada no granada with the old thames logo coming out there's like double-sided um starts off similar to that with horace and i just realized by the way that throughout all of this conversation at times i've been nodding realizing we're on a podcast <laughs> i do okay podcast. i do occasionally do that and then have to go mm-hmm, because i've realized the same <laughs> yeah anyway so yeah it's narrated by this guy and you sort of so the main mechanic is you're stuck to the ground and you can walk on the walls and the ceiling but you're sort of gravity is shoot like assumes that's the way you're facing so if you're on the side of the wall and jump off and there's nothing there you'll just fall you might fall off the earth because of it that's and stuff cool. like that um so it's a really interesting platformer because of that and like i say the story is fantastic the moment it's really cheap on the nintendo switch store so go and buy it um yeah i genuinely got it on the day one it released and probably completed it five years later because i just played it non-stop really good game so I just wanted to put that on my honourable mentions because I think it is a hidden gem that most people should seek out. I like it. Right. I think it's, it's the time that um, our viewer has been waiting for. Number one. Number one. One, 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 one. <laughs> um, this... It was such an easy decision for me. Is the greatest game of all. Like the others aren't even close to it. See, I will say mine definitely isn't the greatest game of all time, but it's definitely a game that I enjoyed the most. That's why I picked it there. Mine's got everything. It's got replayability. It still, I think, holds up now. Oh, let's just see that. Lots of other games, <laughs> <laughs> and that is drumroll. I don't want to because we're ruining the audio. Um. Warcraft 3 on PC. Okay, I can't get involved in this conversation, unfortunately. Well, it's a Never played strategy it. game, and that was fun. Mm-hmm. The the campaign was brilliant. Bear in mind, I'd never played the others. The, I still think even now, the, the cutscenes are still outrageously good for how old the game is. Um, and 
I think what was most impressive was their sort of online. I remember going on Battle.net and you had essentially, I'm, I'm pretty sure the developers, Blizzard, just essentially let people have the, almost the, the modding tools so they could do whatever they wanted. Uh, and as soon as you got online, you it was a completely different game or hundreds of different games. Uh, there were ones like Life of a Peasant where you basically just got a job. <laughs> I remember just with my friend just being uh, lumberjacks. Oh, nice. <laughs> and, uh, and then getting arrested by the police for no reason. Um, I remember Dota or Dota 2, what's now come. These MOBAs came from Warcraft 3. Okay. Um, I I remember tower defense games, which are again now quite popular on mobile, particularly. Yeah. I remember playing them. Um, so it had a bit of everything, did it? Yeah, exactly. The actual game, you know, for what it was, was brilliant on its own. It would, you know, definitely have made the honorable mentions. But when you got onto the online and all the mods that they had, um, like I say, there were like 200, 300 different. Um, games on there it's one now and i can't remember the name of it but it i think there's several times but it was essentially like four guys you all started at the beginning and then you had to go to the end of this um you know this route mm-hmm. uh, and it was dangerous and things knocked you off or in this case killed you and are you thinking back now i wonder if the guys who made four guys ever used to play that on Warcraft 3, if they were inspired If it was by the inspiration, that. yeah. Yeah, or if it was just TV shows I so, look at. I am completely oblivious to this. Is it related to, like, World of Warcraft and those sort of games? Yeah, World of it Warcraft is. spun off from it, and, like, the laws all involved. Although I, f- I feel like I'm right in saying that a lot of the sort of interesting story in Warcraft 3 is no longer accurate because of World of Warcraft. I feel like the laws have sort of... Okay. I know different, but I could be completely wrong. I'm not well read enough on the lore of the the thing, but um, yeah, same developers, but there's just a massively multiplayer online game. Um, but you had the races and the things like that. But yeah, it was this idea. I think again of a, a link through a lot of my games. I guess have been uh, this idea of escapism. Yeah, um, well, that's what gaming is, in my opinion. Well, yeah, I think yeah, same. I, I, I'm like you. I'm not the most skilled gamer in the world. I'm not going to go to a competition and win any money. Um, and what I want is just to play that game and forget about my worries and stuff. Exactly. Just relax for a couple of hours, or even like half an hour or so, and just forget about yeah. what's going on in the world around you and escape Definitely. into this world. Now, I got I got a bit frustrated. Me and Lauren listened to a um, antenatal class person today, and some she said, um, "Are you going to do um, if your contractions start?" The idea was basically she was saying you don't need to start doing anything or worrying. Just try and relax. And somebody put their play on the Xbox, and she told them to grow up. They're not a child anymore. And I what? felt like yeah. And then she goes, "You need to get into Grey's Anatomy because that's the thing to be doing at this age." And I just felt I was just thinking like, no. Both for escapism. Both have exactly the same reason for enjoying them. It's someone just because they enjoy playing on the game and not watching a TV show. It's the same sort of thing. Yeah, gaming, it's losing it, you know, year by year, the amount of money it makes, I guess. But there's still this snobby outlook towards it, isn't there, from certain people who enjoy certain things that it's, yeah, somehow childish when actually, I'd say, you know, you look at The Last of Us, up there with any TV show or film I've oh, yeah. seen in recent years. Well, the fact that they try and develop some of these games, because HBO are developing a Last of Us TV show. The fact that, yeah. The fact that they're doing this shows that the games warrant the stories to be told in yeah. different medium for different people yeah. to see them. 
to get to go to even older gaming things like uh, Dungeons and Dragons, you know, like a lot of the fantasy books that I read are so clearly and so heavily inspired by people who clearly used to play Dungeons and Dragons. Um, oh yeah, you, you know, and they've gone to become big and important shows as well in their own yeah. right. Right. So yeah, Warcraft, Warcraft 3 for all those reasons and, and many, many more. Yeah, I apologise, I couldn't really get involved too much in the discussion because I've never played any Warcraft media. But no, no that's, okay. I think that's a fair choice for liking it in the way you do. Like you say, if it seems to have been the inspiration for as many games as you think it is, then yeah, it definitely deserves to be up there. Right. So you're number one. My number one. Definitely, I feel, a bizarre choice to be picking for number one. Have I played it? So, because... You've got my copy of it currently. No, it is plus. Yeah, because oh, you, yeah. you actually thought that you owned the game <laughs> <laughs> and that I hadn't lent it to you. So my number one is Spider-Man on the PS4. I think it's a bizarre choice to be putting up there, but I have never enjoyed the game so much as I did when I first got this. Um, I played it literally non-stop, start to finish. Only game I have 100% completed on the PS4, including all the DLC DLC. DLC, so I think that shows that it must be one of my top games. And Definitely, I've got was it, such. Was it, was it the? I remember playing a Spider-Man on the PS2. Spider-Man Two. And yeah, it was that'd, be def- it. that'd be definitely your memory that you've got playing it on the PS2. And I've, I remember the, the most enjoyable it was just swinging. literally swinging through the city. Was it, was it the same on this as well? Was that yeah? It was like part? you had so much fun doing. No, it wasn't my favourite part. It was an enjoyable part of it. But it was so much fun um, swinging through the city. I do completely agree with that. Um, just randomly stopping all the fights and the military coming in and all that sort of stuff. Um, the side quests were really interesting. They weren't just put on there. They were actually interesting stories, some leading into the DLC that we um, got for it. Um, the story, in my opinion, is the top Spider-Man media apart from like comics and stuff like that uh, tv film and games is the best spider-man um story we've ever had it was a really interesting one it made me cry at the end without spoiling anything i won't say what it is but it was just so good and i really hope we see more of this version of spider-man well i think um although i've not played too much of it all heard is positive things and again i think that idea, it, you know, lends link, into that sandbox, doesn't it? Where you've got yeah. like Grand Theft Auto, you've got the main mission, but you can just swing around or drive around in these worlds. And that's sometimes it's your own, again, a bit like for manager, I guess it's your own narratives. You swinging around and seeing a fire that you broke up makes you feel like a superhero, doesn't it? That, yeah. you know, I think you can try and make you feel a certain way with the game, but it's only with those moments where it's your choice as a player that makes you feel that sort of way and to, and to make someone feel like a superhero in this day and age I think is difficult from a gaming point of view yeah so to make you feel that way with that freedom I think that's what's from again what I remember from playing the little bit that I have it is what's was so powerful from yeah my point. the freedom was fantastic in the game and it was just voice acting like you got to play as Mary Jane which were possibly the worst bits but still a bit different and you got to play as Miles it just was it was sneak (laughs) sneaking around missions and I'm not the biggest fan of them yeah which is ironic I picked The Last of Us which is a lot of stealth and like one of my favourite not included in any of these but I do enjoy Assassin's Creed games but my worst bit about them is the stealth bits that you got to do especially at the beginning where you got to follow someone from high on the rooftop in a lot of them 
like yeah. the early games and i just want to get on with it i can't be bothered yeah. with sneaking around <laughs> but um yeah there's a lot of games like that isn't yeah. it where you've got to and you keep too far away or not you yeah, exactly you're getting too close yeah. but yeah in fact i think even spider-man has a bit of that but it's a lot more fun when you're um playing the spider-man swing through the air no it was a really good game really enjoyable if you've not played it yet highly recommend it i'm still yet to play the um sequel that well the mini sequel they've done miles morales, miles morales yeah but have yeah. you seen uh, into the spider-verse the film yes That's so good yeah second, one of the best superhero films I've seen. second favorite um spider-man media watch first oh do you mean the game this one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like so i'm not including the comics or anything when i say media but yeah yeah that's my number one and i think a lot of people would be surprised that because there are don't get me wrong there are better games out there but the fact that obviously i enjoyed it so much it's the only game i've 100 percent completed i think there's there's no way it can't be up there i think that's what's good about us doing top five of things so it's like we're we're never going to be an expert on anything you know what I mean? we're not sort of games journalists who are doing no. a top five games um we're just normal, normal people blokes yeah yeah all right, should we move on to films? Well, I feel like we need to end the podcast first. <laughs> oh, wait, you, is it just going to be podcast one? Is going to be games and podcast yeah. two is going to be movies? Otherwise, we'll one podcast, one, podcast one will be about two hours long because we're already well, on, we're on, now, an hour already. Fi- on hour 15. Oh, well, well then. Yeah. Is this but our we... outro? So, by the way, join us for next week when <laughs> our topic is going to be top five films. <laughs> I hope that if we do carry on doing this, that we get more professional as we go on, because... <laughs> I'd like to hope so, because, yeah, I won't I'll I be honest. I also think The ending for that was a bit short. I go, so yeah, that was that was my favourite. <laughs> right, should we crack on with next one then? <laughs> well, I hope you enjoyed it, everyone. Um, those are our top five games. Do message in and say whether you agree or not. And, and join us next to week. Oh, Lauren, sorry. your wife, and Sean and my fiance, who are probably going to be the only two people listening to this first one, and hopefully Jonathan, fingers crossed. Um, thank you for listening. Yeah, cheers. We'll see you next week. See you next week, everyone.